Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today, I am interviewing a new friend of mine, Sergio Mal, and he is working with younger people in um, Lubbock, Texas. And he has started a microchurch in a Chick-fil-A, and I think that's pretty unique, but he's doing a lot more than that. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Sergio. Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, give us a scope of what you're doing and then and then focus in on what you did in Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So my name is Sergio Mabel. Um I'm here in Lubbock, Texas, and I moved here when I was 11. I'll be 25 in a couple months. So I like to say that Lubbock's home. Um, and so when I moved here, uh, I moved here as a Christian going to church, but man, just I was a Sunday morning hand raiser and then I would live life like I would like to during the week. Um, but that kind of came to a, a change when a friend invited me to a small group. And when I was invited to that small group, it changed my life forever. Um, that Timothy Keller saying to be fully loved is to be fully known. Um, and so that was created for me. And that's where I just spilled all my guts. And then they could look at me and tell me that I was loved. Um, and then well, I was like, wow, that's, that's probably how God feels about me. <laughs> um, so to experience that was in a, in a, a very, very um, surreal way. And I knew then I wanted everyone to experience what I had experienced, um, that I don't have to live in my darkness. I don't have to live in my sin. So when I was about 20, that's when that really, I really started going with that. And so um, also when I turned 20, I was, it was really put on my heart to take church outside of church. I wasn't working for a church yet. I was a basketball coach um, and that's what I wanted to do. And so I was like, well, uh, basketball team will be my church. Um, and then the Lord brought me, uh, 2020, he brought me to Lake Ridge Methodist Church in Lubbock. Um, and I've been here since. Uh, I was the assistant youth director for two and a half years. And now I am, the full title is Director of Evangelism and Young Adults. Um, so now I get to create things. And I had this kind of dream, just Chick-fil-A church, uh, just because not everyone's going to step in foot in a church. Um, not everyone's going to come to Lake Ridge Methodist Church. And so uh, going back to what my heart was, church outside of church, well, I'll just go to where people are at. Um, and that's what the whole vision behind Chick-fil-A Church was. There's a ton of people there, Christians, non-Christians, um, people who are people who are working. Uh, and so I just thought, man, let's just go, let's just go penetrate that realm. Uh, and everyone goes and gets food and what what better place than the Lord's Chicken, Chick-fil-A's church. <laughs> um, so when so you go into a place like Chick-fil-A, uh, I I have a little history here. I I moved to San Diego. I I had uh, had some pretty good experience with people in the L L G B, you know, the alphabet community, uh, coming to faith and and seeing some strong life change in Hawaii. And and, and I had a couple friends, you know, here in San Diego. So I thought I'm going to go to this. Uh, there there was a hot new coffee shop in the in the community where most of the people who live there are are in the gay community and i and i'm an introvert so i'm trying to figure out how do i you know how do i connect with these people so i just started taking my computer and go down there i was working on a book and i just sit there and write on my book and uh hoping that and, and i put a big fat bible 
out there on the table with me. I was hoping that somebody might even mock me, you know, just somehow that they would start a conversation because I sure wasn't going to. And uh, I, I went there three times in a row and had no communication with anybody. So I decided, well, I'm going to go in my neighborhood and uh, just try to make connections with people there. There's a Starbucks in my neighborhood. Same answer. No, no, no contact with anybody. So what did you do that would sort of help equip somebody who's listening to this to go into a place that isn't, a, isn't designed to be a church? You're meeting people who aren't there because of any churchy or God reasons, and and you make connection. What what? How did you do that? I'd say the first thing is I I had two people with me, so I wouldn't just go sit there alone. And this is I'm the extrovert, so um, it's a little bit easier for me to kind of just go bombard someone's uh, world. <laughs> um, but I would put a sign on the table that would say dinner and discussion, feel free to join first meal is on us. And so I, I was even kind of using that as my tithing um, that I would pay for someone's meal uh, that, hey, if I, like if you guys just want to sit and not say a word, but just just be a part of the conversation. I'll pay for your meal. And so um, I would set that sign on that on that table. And then so I, but I would have people with me, two to three people that would come with me every time, um, whether it was the same two or three. It would change um, every often. But I'd say another just it's the little things. So like when the Chick-fil-A server would come and bring me uh, the food, I would say, hey, we're about to pray over this food. Is there anything we could pray for you about? And eight times out of 10, you'll get, yeah, I could actually use pray for this. And then you the other times like, no, I don't believe in that. So I'm good, which is, hey, but you open the door. And then the repetition of going every single Saturday, the people working there, like, hey, here's Serge. And so like, and just being at the counter, like, hey, man, how's your day going? Not, you know, not being the guy on the corner with Jesus, believe in Jesus or go to hell, but I'm just going to come and just care about you. Um, I'm going to ask how your day's going. And when they say, eh, it's all right, I'll be like, oh, well, why is it just all right? Um, and so that's kind of, and then when there was two or three people and we they, people would hear what we were talking about. You, it just sparks like curiosity out of the people coming um, that are walking by. Like we would actually set up next to the restroom. So when people are just walking by and then sure enough, some people would be like, Hey, what's, what are y'all doing? And it's like, well, we're just hanging out talking about Jesus because we would have our Bibles open. And then there's these little cards. They're called deep, meaningful conversations. Um, they look like just a regular deck of cards, but they have these questions on them that rule vary from when was the last time you cried to, do you believe in life after death? Um, and so we'll just be doing those cards and then hearing conversations. And then there's another thing called solarium cards that just have random images. And uh, and so we have these things all over the table. And so people are just walking by and then there's, there's someone there who is curious. And so that's kind of just how it just became. Now, it did start for the first two months. No one stopped by. <laughs> but being there every single Saturday, people started to stop and ask and like, you guys are here a bunch. And then I threw it on my social media. And so people outside um, of Chick-fil-A that were just friends were like, hey, I just want to come be a part of this. Great. Come be a part. And so um, I think consistency was the other thing, because I think it's super easy to get discouraged and be like, you know what? This is weird. Is this even doing anything? But then what <clears throat> ended up happening is, too, one of my buddies who was just coming to the faith joined this Chick-fil-A church. And I got to baptize him because he got to see how other people were just like, man, it's just this little thing. It's not this like go to hell 
or believe in Jesus and read your Bible, but it was just this genuine love. So uh, I want to just interrupt here. I, I got a couple of questions, but before I do that, uh, I, I want everybody to uh, mute your mic so that if you, if you cough or something, it, because again, we're trying to record this thing as a pos possible podcast. Um, so, um, so if you could talk, just everybody, everybody, Daniel, can you mute there down to the lower left of your screen? There's a, little microphone if you just click on it it should it should make a little red line go across your mic good okay so sergio you you said something about consistency and i think my one of my problems when i look back on my little experience is that i went by myself i wasn't as clever as you with those cards what are those cards called again and so that people listening can get this write it down yeah, there's one it's a uh... There, the company is Fusion, um, and then the deck I like to use is called Deep Meaningful Conversations (DMC). Um, and it, like, it has Jack, Queen, King. Like, you could play a game with it if you wanted to, but it also has those questions. And so, um, even with to do it with non-believers, it gets it's not throwing God in your face, yeah. but it's like asking questions like, "Do you believe in life after death?" And so that that one right there will kind of show you where people are at with um, their walk with God or not. Um, and then the other cards were solarium cards, just big cards, which is random images. But I would ask the question like, hey, how does this image demonstrate your walk with God? So like there, there's a picture with a spider and some just cobweb. And so I remember getting that card. And I remember saying one time, it's a little dead in here, walking with God. And so like, that's what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me through that image. And so that just generating conversation um so solarium cards and the deep meaningful conversation cards that's good i think that's really useful I'm, I'm i'm picking up i'm taking notes in my head here about how to do this a little differently in the future uh even i think those cards might be useful and you know I, I attend a church or they call it life group we call it mini church uh we linked it a little more closely to the to the sunday message uh, they do different things but I've, I've seen them ask those kinds of questions and uh, it, it does draw people in. Talk to us about uh, consistency and persistence, because I think those are two important words that I'm hearing from you. Yeah. So the consistency, I'm a, I used to be extremely, extremely overweight. Uh, and I, when I was 19, the doctors told me that I was probably have to, was going to have to go on blood pressure medication as a 19 year old. And that was not okay. That did not sit right with me. <laughs> Um, that's not, I was not taking care of my body. So I started going to the gym. Well, in order to have, to lose weight, gain muscle, whatever it, the goal is for working out, you have to be consistent. And so that's kind of how I saw this Chick-fil-A church is, okay, it's not growing at the beginning, but your first workout, you don't lose 20 pounds. And so that's kind of how I had the mindset of going into this is if we want to see people come, if we want to see just random conversations happen, we can't just throw in the towel after one time. Um, and just looking at Jesus, he, for his three-year ministry, he never stopped. He never like, oh man, these people aren't getting it. I'm done. And so it's just this idea like we just being like the consistency is key um and that's kind of what i took from the, my weight loss journey is into my ministry is this is just just to be consistent that's the biggest win um and then persistent i think just with people just not giving up uh i i just look at me and what a wreck i was 
And Jesus had every reason to leave me, to just give up on me. And he didn't. So why would I give up on his people too? And so that's kind of where I, with my mindset with people and just like a a mini church at Chick-fil-A, that's all there is there is people. And I'm not going to give up on them. And just because, like I said, going back to what I said earlier, I want someone to experience the freedom that I did. And if that means not giving up, because the guy who invited me a small group, he invited me to a small group three years before I finally said yes. And when I did, I'm a new creation. So you're in a in a Methodist church, which is a little bit more traditional. Uh, how, how how is it? How is what you're doing in Chick Fil A influencing what you're doing in the larger scope of your job? And and, and yeah. I really want to touch on the. I mean, the ideal here is that we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Uh, and, and, and sometimes in our jobs, uh, we have to approach that institutionally because the church, especially a large church, is institutional. And, yeah. you know, we may decry that all day long, but uh, if you make yourself antagonistic toward anything that's institutional, you lose the opportunity to speak into it. And you obviously are thriving there. So, um you know, I, I I think a lot of times the people who are on the front lines of doing kind of innovative and sometimes radical things, there is a tendency to want to just break the wineskin. And there's value. You know, when Jesus gave the, the parable of the wineskin, um, an old wineskin may not carry new wine because it would break. But an old wineskin can carry other liquids. So it had value. And so I look at, a, at an older church that um, may not be on a front line. But, but there's a lot of other things that can do and, and does. But but the rub comes when someone like yourself is young, which is wonderful. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm frustrated that we're not having younger guys in this podcast or younger guys in these interviews because we're not where there's something missing here. And, and you're, you're young, you're innovative, um, you're fresh face and you're well received in the church that you're in. So uh, talk about those things and the, and the interplay between those things, the, maybe the frustrations that you felt, but the grace that you've been given, and then the, the influence that you're having on others. Yeah, I'd say the very first thing was I came with wanting to earn people's trust. Um, you're right, like Lake Ridge Methodist is a traditional church, the Methodist denomination, and even going into, so we had a split in the denomination we are now the global Methodist church. Um, but with traditions and things that can get, uh, we can get caught up in the traditional aspect of things. Um, I kind of see it as someone moving into a new house. And when I've moved into this new house, instead of saying, hey, take everything down, I hate all of this, take it all down. I moved into a house to gain the people's trust that were in that house with me instead of bringing a bat and just breaking everything that I didn't like. And we're going to do something new and something different. But that was the first thing that was on my heart is gain people's trust. Let them see that I'm not just some young, uh, young, dumb guy who just thinks wants to set the world on fire, (laughs) but that I'm, that I actually love Jesus. And I want people to know Jesus just like everyone in this church does. Um, But realizing that younger people, when they see the traditional things, it doesn't look very uh, welcoming. So coming to this place of earning people's trust, I they got to know me. They got to see my heart. And so when I brought this, like, hey, this guy loves Jesus. 
and he wants people to know Jesus. We can get behind him. And it was actually, there was very little frustrating part with people supporting me with this. Um, in rea- and in all actual, like I said, because I had the trust of everyone, the leadership and the congregation, there was support. Um, and then turned into, how can I help you? Um, how can I be a, how can I pray for you guys? Uh, and so it just kind of turned into this, hey, this is a team and not just me. And then kind of sparked in some of the older people, it kind of sparked like, hey, I go to the gym five days a week at 5 a.m. every time with a trainer. I think I want to start a gym church. Like, that's awesome. And so, again, I think having that trust and then the Global Methodist Church, uh, the, our motto is making disciples who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly. Um, and if I feel like as the leadership tells the congregation that, like, this is what we're going to do, but leadership doesn't do it, then why would the congregation do it? Um, So that witness boldly part, I'm the director of evangelism. So that my ministry kind of falls under that. Well, if I'm not going to go witness boldly, then why would my church? And so that's kind of where this whole Chick-fil-A, like this is part of witnessing boldly. Like we're going to a restaurant and may look like a, may look like idiots, but we're here and we're doing it boldly with Jesus. Uh, and so I, I, for me, that was gaining the trust was such a game changer. Um, because like I said, I didn't move into this house ready to burn it down, but just add something different. So if I'm, if I'm sitting in a, in a church where I'm coming under your influence and I'm introverted Ralph, who can talk in front of a group of people, but has a really hard time when, when one-on-one somebody, I don't know. Um, I I've actually just come to a place where it's pretty easy for me to get if I'm in a conversation with somebody to ask, can I pray for you? And that opens some doors. That's, that's really good. But I think that uh, what I'm sensing from you, that the relentlessness would inspire me to do the little things that I could do. And I'd pick and choose and learn. And, that, and that's a, that, that what you just said about leadership, if leadership isn't doing it, nobody's going to. And so um, I, I want to kind of wind this thing down um, but I want you to talk a little bit about what else is happening in the church. I mean, you've talked about, I love the idea of older people deciding they're going to do gym church because my wife and I just this morning, we're, we're realizing we're old and we're kind of losing strength in our arms and we're going to, we're going back to the, to the YMCA. Um, and, and that's a place that if we go consistently, we can, we can build friendships. But as I'm thinking about this, um, what, what, Again, in an institutional church, and I don't know how long you've been in your role, but but institutionally, it, what what changes have have occurred because of what you're doing, um, if any, and it, there may be none. It may be not enough time yet. Um, I, I would respect that, but just share with us. Yeah. So actually, my my role, the director of evangelism and young adults, is a brand new role. Uh, they just created this the beginning of January and yeah, so I, I was the assistant youth director and I didn't really know where God was taking me from there. I kind of thought, oh, I'll just be a youth pastor, um, whenever that time comes. Um, and so I was just kind of coasting as the assistant youth director and then Lake Ridge slid me a piece of paper, uh, in December and said, with the job description of this, said, hey, we're creating this new role. Would you like this? And when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is church outside of church. This is what I, this is my dream. And so, but I started 
Chick-fil-A church back in December of 2021. Uh And so December 2022 is when this job offer, and I'm not going to say Chick-fil-A church was the reason behind this new role of director of evangelism. I'll say that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so, and then I also had another, there was another guy on staff here who he started uh, Slim Chickens Church. He just moved to Michigan um, a month ago. So Slim Chickens Church kind of I couldn't oversee all of it, but he was also doing it. And so this idea of fresh expressions kind of did change, gave gave me a different role that doesn't necessarily have to operate in this building all day. But in reality, I'm supposed to be out there um, because of this role. And so this is a brand new role. Uh, I'm 40 something, 50 something days into it. And Lake Ridge has just had it for 50 days. So um I feel like that's kind of been, I've I've never heard of a position called director of evangelism in the Methodist realm. So it's kind of cool to see this happening. That's really good. Well, I want to land the plane here and and, end this time of discussion. Uh, If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they've got questions. I'm sure there are going to be people with those kind of questions. How would they connect with you? Oh, uh, I have, so my email, um, it's M-A-U-L-S-R at hotmail.com. Um, I also have Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and that's, it's, I have my notifications turned on just so, um, because I do get a lot of, uh, prayer requests and just, Hey, can we do this? Can, can you pray for me here? And so Sergio R. Maul, M-A-U-L, um, is my handle on social media. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where anyone can reach me. Good. Thanks for taking time to do this. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.